Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting live around the world, this is The Ryan Lindsay Show. Phone lines are open to speak with Ryan or any of his guests at 319-527-6702 or email Ryan. The email address is ryan at ryanlindsayshow.com. Now, here's Ryan Lindsay. From the fabulous Northwoods of Wisconsin, I am Ryan Lindsay, along with my co-host Tamara Gleason. We are the Ryan Lindsay Show, and we've got a good one for you tonight. A lot of callers already on the line waiting to speak with John Russell. We are going to talk to him about his book, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. He is a psychic and has been a psychic for over for 45 years, and we invite you to uh, give a call. If you'd like a mini reading, if you'd like uh, a more in-depth reading with John down the road, we'll give you information on how you can get a hold of him. Uh, but uh, he's one of the best in the business, folks. So if you're looking for a great psychic reading, give a call tonight, and uh, we'll tell you how you can get a more in-depth reading with him down the road. have to introduce my co-host, Tamara Gleason. Tamara, how are you? Hi, Ryan. I'm great. I bet everybody's excited for this show. I know we all want answers, don't we? So I'm, I'm sure the phone lines are. We've got a lot of John Russell fans out there calling in. So I'm excited. More for all the time. Greetings. How, yep. Yeah. How was your holiday? Yep. How was your holiday? Well, it was wonderful. Uh, just spent it uh, with the family at home here, and uh, you know we didn't we didn't travel anywhere. You know, stay safe. But uh, yeah. you know, hopefully next Christmas is a little better than this last one was. Yeah, well, we had a really nice one here in Wisconsin. We were so blessed. We did get a little snow, which is kind of strange to think of not Wisconsin not having snow for Christmas. But we got right. about an inch of snow right before. I don't know if you guys did up north there, but in the Osseo area, yep. we did. So, yeah, let's get going and get some readings. <laughs> okay. John Russell has over 45 years ex- uh, expertise as a professional psychic with a worldwide clientele and as a paranormal investigator who has witnessed over 800 supernatural manifestations. He's also been an avid motorcyclist for over 50 years. He joins us the last Wednesday of every month right here on the Blog Talk Radio Show. Uh, his book is Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead, and we'll talk a lot about that. We invite you to give a call, 319 527 very glad once again to welcome John Russell to the show. John, how are you? Ryan, hi, I'm great. Tamara, hi. It's good to talk to you guys again, and uh, glad to hear you all had a good Christmas. I had a good Christmas, and uh, we're looking forward to the show tonight. Good, very good. Now, last month, we kind of gave people a a little bit of of an assignment um, on psychometry. We right, kind of wanted right. people to uh, to uh, go out there and, and try psychometry. Remind folks again, what is psychometry? And uh, hopefully we'll get a few calls of people who tried it this past month. I hope so, yeah. The, the psychometry is the art of taking an object and receiving the images, the impressions, the feelings, the vibrations from that object and translating those into uh, to psychic images that come to you and then relaying that information to someone else that's the owner of that object so that they can verify certain things about it. And initially, uh, you find someone that's extremely familiar with the object and knows as many details as possible about its past history. 
Um, and then from there you extrapolate it to, um, uh, you know, uh, sensing what's going on with people, places, and things that are not that well-known. So it's kind of training your intuition uh, to, uh, to perform in a, uh, in a higher way down the road. So we gave instructions uh, last, uh, last time I was on the air. We gave instructions to the readers as to how to perform psychometry. And we're hoping to hear back uh, from some tonight that have actually put that into practice, may have actually tried it, and see what kind of results they had. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be fun to hear if they got some results. Again, folks, three one nine five two seven sixty seven zero two. Now, Tamara, have you done much with uh, psychometry? Is that something you're familiar with? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. I, I think we're all somewhat familiar with it, right? Um, but I think this is a great educational piece. You know, John. We all know that we all have intuition, but just these different techniques help open areas of the mind that, you know, may you think have gone dormant, you know, and it's a great practice for people to really see that we are all tapped in, tuned in, but it is like working a muscle. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, you have to, it's like anything else. The more you practice it, the better you're going to get. And of course, everybody has their limit. Everybody has, not everybody's going to be on the concert stage playing Beethoven, but, uh, you know, you can, you can take your gift as far as your inherent ability goes. And we do have to have these techniques to help us awaken things and help us evolve and, and uh, train ourselves. Absolutely. Now, is it easier? Uh, are different types of objects easier? Is jewelry easier than clothing, uh, for example? Or, or have you noticed anything like that in your, in your tra- travels, John? Well, speaking from my own personal experience, I would have to say that all objects resonate the same to me. Um, I don't mm-hmm. find one any easier than the other to psychometrize, um, and I have developed the ability also to. Uh, to kind of uh, practice psychometry, remote psychometry, if you will, on distant objects to where I don't even have to be present. And uh, so that's, for me, it's just everything, uh, one's as easy as the other. Hmm. So that would, I would think then you'd be a good one to, to add one if, uh, if for, for finding lost objects then. Are you good at that? Uh, sometimes I have been. I, I've had... Um, it's really funny that you mentioned that because I used to have a friend, a client, many, many, many years ago, and uh, she was somewhat scatterbrained, and I would get either a call or an email from her nearly every morning going, okay, John, where are my car keys now? And I would have to, have to tune in on where her car keys were in the house and tell her, and she would go, oh, thank you so much. Now I can get out the door to work. So, uh, yeah, sometimes with lost objects, yes. <laughs> My wife the other day, she was wondering, she was looking for her car keys. She was stopped at a red light. <laughs> she, she reached in her pocket and thought, where are my car keys? I said, hon, you know, we're in the car. So <laughs> hey, that's like me one time. I ran around the house for about half an hour, no exaggeration, looking for my glasses. And while I was looking for them, I even reached up and touched them on my face as I was looking for them. And it was like, oh, my. Now, you can't, you can't attribute that to age because this was like 30-some-odd years ago I did this. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. I yeah. think we've all done something like that in the past. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, and tonight, tonight, uh, in addition to hoping to hear from people that tried psychometry and, and hearing about any positive results they may have, we hope you'll please call in and share that with us because we'd really like to hear it. 
And in addition to that, later on, we're going to teach people how to do EVP, electronic voice phenomenon, and that is recording spirit voices, uh, voices of the dead. That should be fun. We'll get into that uh, in a little while. Um, Of course, folks, uh, John Russell's book is Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. You can pick it up uh, pretty much anywhere you buy books nowadays. And, John, tell, tell us a little bit about the book again. Let's get into that. Yeah, the uh, the book is True Paranormal Experiences That Occurred While I Was Riding My Motorcycle. They're specific to riding my motorcycle. I'm an avid motorcyclist, have been since I was about 15 years of age, and um, I've got over 114,000, well, almost 114,000 miles on this current bike, just on this bike alone. So I ride a lot, and in all of those years of riding, I have never had uh, the plethora of paranormal experiences that I had while riding my motor, my current motorcycle here uh, in Florida and Georgia. And you don't have to be a biker. You don't have to know anything about motorcycling. You don't have to be interested in motorcycles to enjoy the book. It's just that these uh, experiences are motorcycle-specific. Uh, and uh, all the stories are true. Uh, they're really incredible. And uh, and descriptions of the paranormal manifestations that happened to me. And when I say the book is absolutely unique, you know, every author wants to say that. And you learn as a writer that the publishing industry in its entirety, editors, agents, so on and so forth, all of them are going to tell you there's no such thing as a unique book. Give me comp titles. In other words, give me comparable titles that are similar to yours because there's no book that, that that's that unique. And so... I told everyone when I wrote this book, I said, listen, there is nothing like this out there in the realm of paranormal literature. You're not going to find anything like this. It's unique. And my publisher friend, (laughs) I submitted uh, the manuscript to him, and he read it, and he said, you know what? He said, this is absolutely unique. There's nothing like this out there. (laughs) So it really, really, truly is a unique book. Uh, It's going to be very eye-opening to you. Uh, as to the content and to the lessons that I learned from it and some of those things you can extrapolate and apply to your own spiritual life. And uh, it's, a, it's a fun read. It's a, it's a good read. I've had um, lots of readers give me feedback and say, you know, I, this was a page turner. I couldn't put it down. I absolutely loved it, and I was, I was sad to see it end. And then, uh, and then a lot of people have written after that, or, or call me or talk to me after that and said, you know, we got to have more, we got to have another one. So the good news is, on top of that, I have just finished my second book. Uh, it's going off to editing shortly, and it's actually kind of a prequel to writing. It's uh, going to be uh, concerning my life from when I was about five or six when uh, my psychic gift awakened and all the paranormal started happening to me. And it takes me through my childhood and how it was to grow up with such a gift on into my teenage years and into adulthood, uh, my moves from Texas to New York to Florida, and uh, takes takes us right up to the point that writing with ghosts begins. And this book is filled with a ton more true paranormal experiences, and they're all fantastic. They're all really great. And in this book, for the first time, I write about uh, the experiences I had while doing the paranormal investigation for the History Channel concerning the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. So that's going to be a fun read as well, and that's coming out hopefully around April next year. Excellent, excellent, around April. What is the title of it? The title of it is A Knock in the Attic, 
and I won't give the title away because it is specific to the book, and as you get into the book about three-quarters of the way through, you'll find out why that title was chosen. <laughs> Very good. Writing uh, with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead is the book out right now, folks, by uh, author and psychic John Russell. And, John, you ready to take some calls? Okay. All right. 319-527-6702 is the number to call if you'd like a mini psychic reading with John Russell. And we'll uh, talk about how you can get more in-depth readings with him later on in the show. And let's go to area code 805. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay Show with psychic oh. John Russell. Who's, who's this and where are you calling from? Thank you so much. Hi, John Russell. Yes. This is Donna from, uh, I'm in uh, Santa Barbara, California. Hi, Donna. How are you? Good, thank you. <laughs> Real good. A nice Christmas. Hope good. you had a nice one as well. I did, um, thank you. And what's your question? <laughs> well, I wanted to know about my love life. Um, I would like to meet someone. Um, I'm not in a relationship at this time. Right. And I want to you know, spend the rest of my life with someone. Sure, sure. Um, for you, Donna, I'm seeing about three months down the road... There seems oh. to be a now. Wait, don't get too excited. <laughs> About three months <laughs> down the road, there seems to be a a, a false start for you, uh, a blip on the radar that looks like it's going to be the real deal, and it's not. Um, oh, so okay. be aware of that when it comes along, and don't get all excited, and don't put your heart out on your sleeve, and and don't say, yeah, oh do man. John's got to be wrong about this because this just feels so right and there's so many good things there. I'm going to tell you, it's not right and there's going to be red flags if you'll acknowledge them from the get-go and there's going to be something deeply flawed, uh, deeply inherently wrong with the person and with the with the prospective relationship. So when it feels all exciting and wonderful and right, just remember I'll I said, run. no, this is not the one run, absolutely. And then about three months after that, so we're looking possibly oh. somewhere around June of next year, uh, oh. the, the right connection does come along for you, and it's going to be subtle. And by that, I don't mean the person's like introverted or shy or that it's a difficult person to get to know or anything like that. Uh, the person will be a good match for you personality-wise, romantically, and everything else. But it's when I say it's a subtle relationship, it has a very subtle beginning. It's not going to be like, oh, fireworks and boom, and here it is, and that's the person, and da-da-da. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be a very subtle beginning, and you might miss it if you're not paying attention and uh, and watching out for it. So just remember that when you're in a room full of people and everybody's laughing and carrying on and some guy over there that's really good looking is really commanding the center of attention in the room and some other guy over here is just kind of laughing and nodding or whatever now and then, it's probably going to be the guy laughing and nodding and not being so loud and not commanding the center of attention. That's going to be the guy. So that's what I mean by subtle. But look for that around uh, probably around June next year. Oh, that's interesting, yeah, because I, I like a guy that's kind of quiet, too. There you go. <laughs> all right. All well, you'll be, you'll be knowing what to look for. You'll be open and aware for that then. And I wish you all the best luck. Thank you, John Russell. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to both of you. You're welcome. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Thank you, Donna. Okay, 319-527-6702. Now, John, why why couldn't Donna just, just kind of lay low for six months until she gets to that June point? Does she have to go through the experience of meeting the guy that may not be the right one for her? For whatever bizarre reason, yes. And those are those life lessons that we get. Those are those things that come our way. 
And uh, some of it has to do with life lessons. Some of it has to do with where we are in the scheme of things, the choices that we make. And uh, and I always tell people, say, listen to you, listen to your intuition, listen to your guardian angels, listen to that still small voice, because it'll keep you out of trouble and it'll keep you out of harm's way. But with that, there always comes some flack. There's always some things there that we have to deal with and we have to be aware of. And it's uh, it's really strange. I don't know if it's a temptation. I don't know if it's a flaw in the universe, a flaw in ourselves. I don't know what it is. But one thing I've observed over the years. Um, I have taught uh, specific techniques to my clients to help them to connect with the right person um, in their love life and find the right relationship. And one of the things I tell them, and I've observed this from my own experiences and from talking with clients over the years, um, one of the things I tell them is when you start searching for something really good or someone really good, you're going to be besieged with frogs. You're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find that prince. And I think that it's almost like the universe kind of tests us to see how serious we are. Like if I can run in this ringer and they fall for that and then they they get hurt or learn a lesson from it or whatever, do they just stop? Do they quit looking? Do they back off? Do they get discouraged? And it seems to be that way, not just in romance, but in a lot of things when we're really trying to diligently search spiritually and really trying to find a way Um it seems like these ringers get thrown at us or we encounter these obstacles. It's like, look at the invention of the electric light bulb, for one example. How many hundreds of times was it that uh, that they tried before they finally found the right combination of things, the right uh, materials uh, to make an electric light bulb work and last? And you think, well, you know, the light bulb, what a wonderful invention and how 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 great it makes our lives and how much it simplifies our lives. You'd think that the other side would be connecting with this side and just, boom, one or two tries and here we've got it. But no, it seems like these inventions take, you know, sometimes hundreds and hundreds of tries before things finally get perfected and things come to light. And so that translates to the uh, the experience when looking for a mate as well. I forget the, there was there was a movie I uh, I recall about talking about Edison and the light bulb and he was asked after he had invented it and years later that uh, um, when somebody reminded him that it took him 800 tries or something to to finally find the right element that would would work there I uh, said right. don't they said don't didn't you feel like a failure with all those tries and didn't you want to quit he said no because I found 799 ways not to invent the light bulb before I found there the you one. Go. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And you, and you do have to look at it that way. You have to put that positive spin on it. And it seems like the universe does challenge us uh, whenever we make a decision to do something good or to achieve something. And I think there's a, a number of reasons for that. For one thing, we appreciate it when we get it. Uh, for another thing, if we, we stay with it and go after it, it shows the universe that, hey, we're serious about this, that we really do want it, that we hope to achieve something good with it and better our lives and or better others' lives with it in the process. And uh, it's kind of like a test. And then I think a lot of times, too, um, you know, people say, well, gosh, you know, I, I want spiritual guidance. I need spiritual advancement. I need these manifestations. I need my gifts to develop. Why don't these things just happen? Because we need these things. Well, we tend to abuse things. And I think there are checks and balances set in place from the other side that keeps us from just uh, immediately gaining some kind of power and then misusing that power. 
Um, you know, if we had the ability to look at somebody and strike them dead on the spot, and we swear to the other side, I would only use that if, if people were going to harm my family or if there were evil forces about to attack the U.S. or whatever. That's the only time I would use such a power. And then somebody cuts us off in traffic and we go, ah, and, you know, boom, and they drop dead. And that's our, that's our problem. That's our human nature. That's our tendency. And so we say, why is it so hard to achieve these things? I think the other side keeps these checks and balances in place just for such reasons. Sure, absolutely. Uh, area code 319-527-6702 to speak with Psychic John Russell for your mini psychic reading tonight. John joins us the last Wednesday of every month right here on the Blog Talk Radio Show. And we'll move along to area code 914. Hi, who's this and where are you calling from? Hello, my name is Katie and I'm calling from New York. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Do you have a question for John? Hi, Katie. Hi, yes, hi. I've also been thoroughly enjoying the show, so uh, thank you for that. Um, Great, and thank you. thank you for making my call. Yes. Um, my question is about work. I was wondering if you see um, my finances improving next year through my project. Uh, I do, but it's going to be a gradual improvement. It's not going to be a, a big jump all at one time. Uh, the, you know, overall, I see some some gradual improvement in the economy next year. Um, and that's, again, let me emphasize the key word there, gradual. I think things are going to be a little bit better overall as we go along for all of us. Um, but uh, for you, you know, there is some progress there. There absolutely is some uh, some good there and some financial improvement there. But uh, it is gradual, and you have to really stay focused. And the key thing I can tell you is not to get off on side tangents, not to get distracted, not to try and develop too many other things, but to key in on one or more, um, you know, main projects, two or three at the at the very, very most, but preferably just one that you really put your focus on, your energy and your time, talent and effort on, and let that be the one that you um, that you really move forward with and really develop because you've scattered too much energy and it's going to take away from the, the main project and uh, that's going to slow everything down. So really keep it focused and you'll do okay. All right? Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you Katie. Much. All right. You have Thank a good night. You. Uh, 319-527-6702. We've got a line open here for uh, Psychic John Russell. And uh, take a look at his website. It's uh, johnrussell.net. And, John, how does uh, somebody get a, a more in-depth reading from you, a little longer than what uh, they can get on the air tonight? Right, right. I offer a half-hour reading, and uh, they can go to my website, which, as you said, is johnrussell.net, and there it's got uh, my credentials, my clients' testimonials, my media appearances, uh, everything that you want to know about me and then some, and uh, it's got links to schedule your reading, and uh, it's through PayPal, and it's totally, completely secure. It goes through PayPal. I never even see your credit card information. I get a receipt that you've paid, and I get... uh, you know, your name and, and that type of information, but I never see any of your credit card information, so it's totally, completely secure. And right now, readings are running, are running anywhere. An appointment is one to three months out, uh, depending upon how things are going at the time, but count on a minimum of, uh, of a month uh, before I can, can uh, schedule your reading and can get to you. And uh, that's, that's basically how you do it, and uh, we cover 
as much in that half hour as we can, and I can fit a lot into that half hour reading. Uh, we look at your past, present, and future. We look at things that the other side tells me for you. Uh, we cover your specific questions that you have, and uh, I look forward to I'm always accepting new clients, always love to talk to new clients, and would love to hear from everybody. Excellent. Uh, JohnRussell.net, folks, is the uh, website to uh, contact John Russell and uh, book your reading with him. And we've got time here tonight for uh, your calls for mini psychic readings. So we'll move along to area code 724. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay Show with John Russell. Who's this and where are you calling from? Uh, hi, this is Shay. I'm calling from Pennsylvania. Thanks for having me this evening. You bet. Thanks for the call. My question this evening would be um, any insight on love and romance? I'm sorry, any insight on what? On love and romance. Oh, okay. All right. Fantastic. Um, in about two months' time, it looks like you're going to have a really, um, as opposed to the last caller, it looks like you're going to have the boom, the big, the fireworks type situation go off in your love life. And so that comes about two months down the road. So say somewhere around the maybe the middle of the end of February, maybe even into March a little bit, but say two months, give or take a month either way, or give or take half a month either way, and it looks like a, a big, uh, big fireworks go off, um, really kind of a, uh, oh my goodness, swept off my feet kind of a feeling. And what you have to do with that relationship is write it out because that initial fireworks is going to kind of give way to some initial uh, or some, some, some uh, subsequent uh, small amounts of friction. And if you look at that for what it is, take it at face value, you may kind of say, well, this, this isn't the right person after all. But those are minor issues, and they disguise other issues. And if you're both willing to sit down and discuss those issues, and talk about the options, the alternatives, and things, and ways to face those and deal with those, you're going to find out that, that what appears to be serious friction is indeed only superficial, and it's easy to get past, and then you can delve into the real relationship, and it's going to be good. So just remember that when the fireworks go off, it feels great. Then after that, there's going to be some friction to resolve. Get past that, and you're going to have a good relationship. Now, could I ask, John, is this somebody I... No, is this, no, or is no, this, this, will, this will be somebody. This will be somebody completely new. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much okay. for your time this evening. You're welcome. Best Happy of luck. New Year to Thank the both of you. Thank you. Thank you. You Thank too. You. And uh, once again, folks, three one nine five two seven sixty seven zero two. I am Ryan Lindsay here with John Russell and my co-host Tamara Gleason. And Tamara, I. I our callers aren't asking you the, the the questions in particular, but do you get impressions uh, with with each caller? Do, do you do you kind of agree with what John's saying during the reading here? How does well, that work? I, I I I think John would agree that um, there's a call for love, a call for lovers right now, and there's been a lot of people kind of resisting it with all the crazy stuff going on in the world. You know, social distancing is isn't necessarily easy in people's minds as a way to go out and, you know, find somebody new, but I, I don't believe it. I don't agree with it. I think it's been a time of deep healing of old relationships and it's going to be a beginning of a lot of new relationships. Don't you, John? Absolutely I just, I get, correct. 
I just yeah. get, I I feel like love is and and very good high vibrational respectful relationships are going to make a very big comeback. Is my prediction I do for twenty twenty one. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 100% agree, and that's one of the messages uh, that I also have been trying to get out to people is be positive, be optimistic, uh, you know, look at things from a higher perspective and, and with more optimism and with more positivity because we we can't give up on life, we can't give up on relationships. I mean, look what has happened to us is very dystopian in the very, very truest sense of the word. Uh, the way that we're all living right now is very dehumanizing, and it's very uncomfortable because we're social creatures. We don't just need love and romance, but we need friendship, and we need human contact, and we need to uh, see each other in the grocery store and touch each other and hug old friends that we run into, and we need to sit at the bar and have a drink and discuss sports and, and all these types of things, and we need to go to each other's houses and, and have big family gatherings for the holidays and things like that. And that's the way that we are meant to live because we are made as social creatures. And as social creatures, we need that contact. We need that physical contact. We need hand-holding. We need hugs. We need handshakes. We need to look each other in the eye um, instead of being separated uh, from each other by the, the computer and by having Thanksgiving by Zoom instead of in person. So all those things are very dehumanizing, and I agree with Tamara 100%. Love is still in the air, and we have to go out there and get it. Right. I, I believe it's also kind of given a lot of people, myself included, a really deep emotional healing and kind of cleaning out our old baggage, if you will, for new relationships. And, you know, I think yep. it's been a long decade, you know, for so many and, uh, yeah, I, oh, I, I mean, it's going to take a little bit. Like you said, it's going to take a little bit to to warm up to, to getting back to socializing. But I think people are going to, you know, there's so many different ways to meet people now. But, you know, people don't run as fast if if you start a relationship based on friendship and, you know, conversation. And, right. and uh, so, yeah, I think with the Internet and different, you know, Tinder and all the different things, I think it's kind of dehumanized. Like you can just go kid in the candy store, and I think it's going to get back to, you know, really quantity versus quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you say, that face-to-face connection that just can't be be can't be developed any other way. Right. Absolutely. Do either of you think? I mean, here we are, December thirtieth, two thousand twenty, and we know this year is, as we said, this year has just been been uh, unforeseen. Uh, is 2021, is it going to start off the same? Is it going to get better for us? What uh, What are your thoughts? Well, I think that, and I'd, I'd like Tamara to chime in here and, and see if she can validate what I'm seeing, but my feeling is that there are better times on the way, and as I mentioned, I think it's going to be gradual. Um, you know, we're not going to hit January 1st and COVID's gone away and all the restrictions are lifted and life is back to normal all of a sudden. <laughs> That's obviously logically uh, not going to happen. That's not realistic. But I think that things will continue to progress, will continue to develop to getting back to normal. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll find our way through this. Uh, we will uh, kind of rediscover ourselves in the process, which I think is, is a lot of what Tamara is also saying. And uh, I, I see some good coming here in the uh, in the next year. And I think that we have to also remember, no matter 
what type of situation we're in, what type of circumstance we're in, either individually or nationally or, or worldwide, that we continue to work for good and strive for good and be optimistic and con- uh, continue to find the good that we ha- uh, can. And one example of that is, I, uh, you know, I got my book published this year in spite of all the craziness that's going on, and I finished another book, and I'm, I'm getting it ready to come out next year. So even in the midst of all these trials, problems, difficulties, uh, you can look at things as problems to be solved and try and find those solutions. You can celebrate whatever moments that you have, whether they're large or small, and uh, be thankful for those, be grateful for those, and say, okay, that gives me a base to keep pushing, to keep going forward. And I think we have to have a, a not only an individual mindset, but a national mindset and a worldwide mindset that, hey, this isn't the end of us. You know, we can beat this thing. You know, there there are people that it's taking down, yes, but do you know what the number one killer of people in the world is today over everything else and every other disease still? And you can look this up on the CDC. It's, it's in their statistics. Tuberculosis is still the number one killer in the world. Something like a million and a half years. Tuberculosis really? is the number one killer in the world. So what we have to realize is take COVID out of the picture. Every single day you get up and live, there's something out there. There's some boogaboo. There's some disease. There's some possible accident that could happen and so on and so forth. So we need to reset our, our and realize, you know, hey, yeah, well, this, but look, there's still this and this and this and this and this. And uh, you go to the CDC website, for example, and look at the list of current active diseases and how many people they kill each year and where they run rampant and so on and so forth. And you say, you know, hey, look, the media has blown this thing uh, way out of proportion for the entire year. All you read about is COVID. You know, if you eat an apple, it tastes funny, you have COVID. If you look at an apple, it doesn't look red enough, you have COVID. (laughs) If you have COVID, you might have COVID. And then once you've got COVID, you're going to have COVID 30 more times. And then when the sun comes out, it's going to increase the chance that you're going to get COVID. On and on and on and on and on. All through the year, the, the news has just perpetrated this, and it's given us a fear mindset. And what we have to do is say, yeah, but look, there's a gene other things out there trying to kill us every day. There's accidents. There's tornadoes. There's hurricanes. There's floods. There's earthquakes. There's volcanic eruptions. There's all of these things. The planet's a dangerous place to live. And then once we accept that and get past that, we call on our guardian angels, we use our common sense, we do the best we can, we say, okay, guide me through this mess, protect me, help make me productive, and help me to help other people. And I think that's the thing that we've lost and that we have to get back to. Absolutely. And now there's, and fear will hinder there's the news. Go ahead, Tamara. Oh, I was just saying, as a hypnotist, too, you know, fear puts you in fight or fight, right, always. Yes. So to yes. be able to maintain that frequency of mindfulness and all is well and, you know, in this current moment, all is well is, you know, something deep breath, you know, how how shallow has our breath become? You know, so yes. I mean, there's just yes. so many things that uh, we really have to really be aware of our bodies and our minds so, so um, momentarily, moment to moment. Oh, there goes my timer. <laughs> I don't know what that was for. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Time's up for something. I need time for it. Like, do I have anything on the oven? I think that was my angel train time's up. Put yammer and on. But, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, oh, God. Tamara, Tamara, how true, how true that is. 
And it's true how shallow our breaths have become. We just live with bated breath, and we're just uh, uh, we're just uh, constantly worried. And it's, and it's like you say, if you can live in the moment and practice those deep breaths and practice relaxation techniques and tell yourself, it's going to be okay even if I don't feel like right now it's going to be okay. I'm going to find the way for it to be okay. I'm going to make the way for it to be okay. And use some techniques to calm yourself. And, and you know, one of the things that we have totally, completely lost, and I think this goes back to what Tamara just said, one of the things that we have totally, completely lost during this time is we've lost faith, we've lost perspective, and we've lost our religious belief, whatever that is, whatever that goes to. And if you look at, um, for example, the, the institutional church, for the most part, has been completely, absolutely, totally absent during this whole time. You don't see church leaders, spiritual leaders, and other leaders standing up and saying, hey, we have to have faith. Don't be fearful. Let's have faith. Let's be optimistic. Let's be positive. Let's work together. Let's find the good where we can, and let's combat this thing however we can. And that's been... Uh, really sorely missing and that's what we have to get back to and like Tamara says that comes from being in the moment and paying attention to our bodies and to our emotions and getting those under control and working through those scenarios that way she's exactly 100% right well thank you 100% (laughs) (laughs) we We are talking very often so we have to take advantage I know I'm just gonna write that down, John Russell. 100% accurate. Oh, if all of our, if, if everything we said was 100% accurate all the time, oh God, but wouldn't it be you know, this is love? just. Oh my goodness. Well, and the thing is, though, you know, science is backing these studies up of mindfulness and prayer and getting in your heart center, yes. literally vibrationally yes. rippling out to your neighbors. Absolutely. So it's all we're all in this together. It's truly just that, you know, and. You know, I'm a lover of love, so I'm just praying and sending good vibes to the ladies that called, and I'm ready for another call, or how about you guys? All right. Absolutely. Uh, 319-527-6702 for John Russell, if you'd like your mini psychic <laughs> reading tonight. And uh, take a look at johnrussell.net if uh, you like what you hear tonight and would like a more in-depth reading. Then, uh, again, johnrussell.net and get a hold of him for that. We'll move along to area code 780. Hi, who's this and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Catherine, and I'm calling from Alberta, Canada. Hi, Catherine. And it's very Hi, hi. So how are you tonight? Doing well, thank you. Do you have a question for John? Um, yes, I'd like to know where my career is going in the next year. Interesting question. There seems to be a significant career change coming for you, and this change feels like something that you're resistant to. And by that I mean in your mindset, uh, whether you may be really, really aware of it or not, your mindset seems to be, okay, I've either studied for this, trained for this, or I've fallen into this, and I'm doing this, and I kind of have to stay in that vein. And what the universe is challenging you with right now is to say, okay, I'm willing to step outside that comfort zone. I'm willing to accept something else and move into something else that I might not even have considered before. And I want you to be really open to those those situations as they come to you next year, and they will. I mean, it's it's going to be almost like a, a knock on the door type moment. They're going to be that obvious, and it's going to it's going to call for you to have to release what you're doing right now, 
and either move into something entirely different or to adapt the skills and tools and techniques that you use now in your current job and to transfer those and translate those into something new. So the best thing I can tell you is 2021 is a time of change for you. It's, it's time to change, time to make a change, time to do something else. And again, the key there is to be receptive to something that normally you wouldn't be receptive to or you would think to yourself, well, geez, that sounds interesting, but I can't do that. I'm not qualified. I don't know enough or whatever. Get out of that mindset into the mindset of, okay, whatever the universe presents me, they see something within me that they know that I can do this, that I can handle this, that I can rise to this occasion. And if you'll do that, you're going to find some great success in the coming year. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Catherine, okay. thank okay. you very much for the call. Have a good night. Uh, 319-527-6702. We're still taking calls for Psychic John Russell. He is the author of Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. Ridingwithghosts.net is the uh, is the website, and we'll move right along to area code 631. Hi, who's this, and where are you calling from? Oh, hi, it's Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? Good, how are you? Do you have a question for John? Yeah, I'm just getting very, very frustrated. I have friends that have met great men who adore them and stuff, and I am meeting one horrible man after the next. Either they have too many hobbies so they can't fit me in, or they're too set in their ways and they don't really want to date, or they've been hurt. And they, and as I, I mean, I could tell horror stories, and I, am, I have a lot to offer, and I just wonder when God's going to send me somebody. It's not funny anymore. And I'm job hunting. I work part-time. I need to work full-time. I don't get it. Yeah, I hear you. Um, you're, you're in and it's not just life. before the pandemics. Before that, yeah. men yeah. 50s and 60s, they don't care to date or the yeah. good ones are taken. Right, right. <laughs> that's that's a common refrain. And uh, all of us that, that do this type of work hear that very frequently. And I think what you have to realize is, when I was saying earlier, that's that's the cycle that you're in right now. And indeed, that is before the pandemic started. You've been in that cycle. Now, we can argue all day long about why those cycles occur in our lives and, and what has happened to, to get us there or take us there. But that's where you're at. And what you have to do is realize that the boat you're in is not unique, and I know that doesn't help you to hear that, but it's true. I mean, it doesn't resolve things emotionally for you, but it is true. There's a ton of people out there in the same boat with the same complaints and wondering the same things. And what we have to do is take a look not only at the circumstances in our lives, but how we want to move out of those and how we want to control those. And in your particular case, what I would suggest. I can. Is, I've been to meetups. I've I've been to yeah, yeah. online. Not, I go not, out, but they're not, all, they're yeah, all married. I, there's nothing whoa, else whoa, I can whoa, do stop, except put a sign on the whoa. road. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I, understand. I, feel it. I understand you've done all those things, but listen to me. That's what I'm telling you not to do now. That you have to approach this a different way, and part of approaching it a different way is your mindset. And how you go about it, how you present yourself, um, it's going to involve you sitting down and interacting with your own self and figuring some things out about yourself and about your life and about how you want things to connect and taking charge of those things. And by taking charge of those things, I don't mean 
going to Match.com or going to you know speed dating or anything like that. That's not taking charge of it. Taking charge of it is, okay, let me see what I might be doing wrong in the scenario, or let me see what I may have been doing by rote, just going out here and hitting these dating sites over and over and over and getting the same results over and over and over. There's a pattern there that you have to break, that you have to recognize, and that you have to look at some things about the way that you've been approaching things and doing things, and the changes that you make have to be internal, not just external. It's not like, okay, well, you'll find a new dating site, and then boom, everything's going to be okay. That's not the case. What you have to do is look at how you're approaching things, and you have to look at your own mindset, and I think you have to really get in touch with your emotions in a way more deeply than you have before. Well, we all I think, understand that, but if I don't go online, and if you go out and they're all yeah, married, yeah. unless I meet somebody at the Seven Eleven in the store, you can't make fate happen. You know, oh, you like, can't am make, I, you know what oh, I'm getting yes, at? How am I going to change things? Oh, you know, and I don't oh, go on dating sites. Okay, then I just sit alone. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, you can make things happen. Absolutely you can make things happen. I guarantee you that you can make things happen, but you have to change the way that you go about that. There are some tools and techniques that you can utilize that will help you to do that. I'll recommend a book to you on the air that's really, really great, and the other listeners might enjoy this as well. The author's a friend of mine, and uh, this book I have recommended ever since it came out. I recommend it to all my clients. Get a copy of this book and read through what it's saying, and it will show you the exact tools and techniques to make these changes occur, uh, and it will tell you exactly step-by-step step how to go about that. The book is titled How to Get Everything You've Ever Wanted. How to Get Everything You've Ever Wanted. It's Adrian Calabresi. Go to Amazon, pick up a copy, and that will give you the tools and techniques, like I said, step-by-step, to sit down and go, oh, I can make some changes. I can make things happen. I can affect my environment, the people that come to me, and make those changes to where I'm attracting different and better people and where I set myself up to be in a better environment. And that's what you're going to have to do. And if you're willing to try that, if you're willing to do that and adopt the attitude of, okay, maybe John's right, maybe I can affect some change, then you'll find what you're seeking, but you're going to have to do it that way, okay? Now, I understand it, but I can read the book, and I, but I can't afford to go to nicer places and different environments, and you know I what I'm saying? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And how are they going to come to me? Get the book. Step by step, it will um, tell you what to I, do. I like myself. I'm beautiful. I looked in the mirror, right, a hundred times. Look no, the man no, I want. I mean, no. you're, 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 <laughs> you know, I've heard all you're that. Saying, <laughs> you're, no, I'm not saying that. You're saying things that I'm not saying, and you're you're sabotaging yourself by going, I've done it all, and there's nothing to help me. Well, there is something to help you, but you have to be willing to try it. And unless you're willing to try it, there you go. Cycle, no, I'll cycle, cycle, I like cycle, my boat. candles. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say you to do that. Like I'm not saying time. that. You're not listening to what I'm saying. So, okay, how to, you you how to get everything That's you want. How to get everything. That's the name of the book. How to get everything you ever yeah. wanted. And uh, if you persist in saying I've done everything, there's no hope. Then there's no use talking to me or anybody else. But if you're willing to say, okay, let me skew this a little bit. Let me change this a little bit. Let me accept responsibility for putting these changes into motion. And here's some new and effective ways to accomplish that then boom, you're going to get what you want, okay? Oh, okay, okay. thank you. But I wonder how thank come people Suzanne. didn't... Whoops, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Suzanne. And, for the and dollars to donuts, she won't. <laughs> I wish she <laughs> would, but dollars to donuts, she won't. 
<laughs> well, she's definitely yes. heated. And I've worked with so many women um, with that same frustration right now. There's so many right. avenues of, you know, it just, and it, 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 you're right, John, it all starts within, you know, and we get, we, we get frustrated. She sounds like a goddess, right? She's, yep, she yep. is in charge for sure. Right, and, you right. know, it, it's just one of those things where we're balancing out the left and, and right hemispheres of our brain right now, right? Getting in our gentle, you know, self-nurturing sense of self and, and right. commanding self. But I would even recommend to her to start focusing on herself for a while, exactly. you know, exactly. right from at the beginning of the call, she had talked about wanting to, you know, look for a career girl, go get that career first. And you're going to, it's going to raise your frequency and you're going to start projecting a much different self sovereign, you know, self love way right. of being. Exactly. And, uh, that's, I, <laughs> she was feisty. I love it. I love yeah. it. Listen, I, I have to tell you, um, this, this, uh, this guy I knew a long time ago, uh, he calls me Jr. You know, like Jr. After Dallas, Jr. And he, Jr. Come here, I want to talk to you. And Jr. This and Jr. That. So, and I took most of of what he said with a grain of salt because he was that kind of guy. But one day I, I walked in and he said, Jr. I'm going to tell you eight words that are going to change your life forever. And I was like, Oh God, here we go. Yeah, right. Whatever. And he did. What he said to me was, If it's to be. It's up to me. And I thought, oh, my God, that is the truth. I mean, um, Bill Gates could come and hand me a million bucks and say, here you go, John. And if I just sit here and maintain the same lifestyle I've always maintained, there's going to be no advancement, no challenge, no invention, no creativity, no progress, nothing. So it wouldn't matter if you had the backing and the money of the wealthiest and the wisest and the most visible and, and the most famous. If you don't do something with it, if it's to be, it's up to me. And people will say, well, yeah, geez, that's that's fine and dandy, but look at the circumstances I'm in and look at where I'm at and, and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, I get that and I understand that, but we have to begin where we are. And we take what we've got, we use it to the best of our ability, we sit down and develop a focus of something that we absolutely have to have happen, and we work towards that, and we don't stop no matter how many obstacles that we encounter. It took me seven years, seven years of weekly rejections by agents and publishers before writing with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead hit the, hit the booksellers, seven years. And I, I sent out multiple queries to agents, all the New York agents, agents elsewhere, directly to publishers. And for seven years, week after week after week after week, and I'd never missed a week. I was always sending out queries every single week for those seven years and got rejected for seven years. And then, boom, finally here it is. Uri Geller gave me his endorsement of the book. By the way, Uri also gave me an endorsement. He read the manuscript of my new book, gave me an endorsement for that, for which I'm very thankful, very happy. Um, Great. But but that goes to show you, I had a vision for this book, and I knew that it would change lives. I knew that it would open people's eyes. I knew that it would make a difference to people. And I knew it would entertain them at the same time, and that it would be a legacy that I wanted to leave to the world. 
And that was so strong in my mind and so compelling that through those seven years of constant rejections, I persevered, and then finally, there it is. So another lesson we have along the way, you know, yeah, I want to do this, I want to do that, da 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 Maybe we're focused on the wrong thing. Maybe we're looking at the wrong goals. Maybe we're like, well, I want to be like so-and-so next door with the Lincoln Navigator and the two-story home and the pool in the backyard and all this thing and, and so on. And maybe that's not where you're supposed to be focused. Maybe that's not where you're supposed to be aiming. Maybe you're supposed to go to medical school. Or maybe you're supposed to be a scientist. Or maybe you're supposed to be a construction worker. You know, there's there's niches for all of us. And to be successful in life, we have to find the thing that truly motivates us, not what impresses the neighbors, not what impresses your parents, not what impresses the people you meet on the street. Oh, I'm a this, or I'm a that, or I'm studying to be a, a so-and-so. Don't do that. Look at yourself and say, what impresses me? What turns me on? What makes me want to get out of bed in the morning? What is it that I just I can't get enough of, that my focus just, everything just just drives me there, leads me there. I have to achieve this. I have to accomplish this, and I'm willing to put in the work no matter what. Now, obviously, with it, there has to be some reality. Sorry to interject that, but there does. Um, if you're 400 pounds and you have multiple diseases and your bones are as brittle as twigs, one of the goals that you should not set for yourself is that you're going to win the New York Marathon next year. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> There has to be some reality in the thing, all right? But if you examine yourself honestly and come to know yourself to where you know what your strengths and your weaknesses are, then from out of that you can say, okay, this is the thing that motivates me right now that I can reasonably do and I can reasonably accomplish. And where I'm lacking I'll I'll take lessons. I'll ask people. I'll learn. I'll I'll find out how to do this. And believe me, I had to do that as an author. I had been published before uh, in in magazines and things, and had some articles and and some other things published. But book writing is a whole different monster. And there were things that I had to learn about formatting the manuscript and about presenting things and about setting things up. And then once the book was published, you're no longer a writer. You're a bookseller. And you have to learn how to market that book, and how to get it out there, and the things to do. And it's it's pitfalls, and it's it's a, a labyrinth, it's a maze, and you have to learn how to navigate that. So, but if something is meaningful enough to you, you'll put in the time and the effort to learn how to do that. And if you don't know, there's ways to find out. There's ways to educate yourself so that you can continue to pursue that. So make sure you're on the right track, that you're honest in your heart with yourself, and that you're on the right track. And then whatever confronts you, find ways around that. Uh, get somebody to teach you. Get somebody to help you. Uh, sometimes it's just gutting it out and perseverance. There were the days that um, my wife came in the door and, how was your day today? I got three rejections from agents today. You know, it was like, man, and this is after five years of doing this already. And, uh, and it was like, you know, I, I can't give up on this because I believe in it so much. And I knew if I could ever get it out there into the reader's hands, that they would give me the feedback and the response that they are. And, you know, people are telling me, man, I love this book. It's it's entertaining. It's fun. I laughed. I cried. It's it's like it's opened my eyes to things. It was a page turner. I couldn't put it down. I was sorry to see it in. And it's like, yes. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I struggled <laughs> seven years to hear. And I knew it could be that way. So a lot of it is right. that perseverance. You know, perseverance will, will conquer all, but we have to be persevering at the right thing. 
And the book we're talking about, folks, is called uh, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. And take a look at uh, ridingwithghosts.net for information about the book and where you can pick it up. It's uh, available anywhere you buy your books. And uh, we're talking with psychic John Russell, along with my co-host Tamara Gleason, and the number is 319-527-6702. Remember, if you're uh, on hold right now, if you'd like to get on the air to talk to John for your mini psychic reading, uh, press the number one, and uh, you'll get uh, that'll put you into my host queue, so I'll know that uh, you got your hand up and you wanna you wanna get on the air with John Russell. Let's move along here to area code five two zero. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay show with John Russell. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hi, hi, it's Lisa calling you from Arizona. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. How you doing? Well, I'm so happy to be talking with you all. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. What's your question? Um, well, uh, do you do predictive questions? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I, um, am trying to leave a 20-year relationship. I'm working on it to get my ducks all lined up. Right. I'm working to sell a property that I own, so I'll have money to get on out and relocate. And I, um... have someone coming to look at my house on Monday, see them offering me a price I can live with so I can just leave town and relocate. Mm, You know what? I'm led to tell you to flip this over to Tamara and let her put some input in here, and I'll jump back in if necessary. But, Tamara, I'm going to let you feel this one. That's where I'm led to to go. (laughs) That would make sense. Um, because I went through the same exact thing after after 20 years. Um, I definitely feel like it's definitely going to sell exactly when it's supposed to. I know that sounds like a cop-out answer, but it, it's really the relationship you're having a hard time letting go of. I know it seems like, oh, there's nothing, nothing left to do here. It's all done. It's all been said and done. But what I want you to do tonight is I want you to release the house. Okay, I want you to say goodbye to the relationship and say thank you to it. I want you to say goodbye to the house and thank the house. And I want you to walk through the house and spread love around it. If you can light a candle, incense, or sage, give the house a house clearing because there is some low-density energy, and these spaces and places hold that. Okay, so I want you to, to thank the house or in the relationship for everything it taught you and, and open up, up the door, the windows and let it all out and call in the angels, call in St. Joseph, call in, you know, the helpers to bring love and light to that space because that is what they're going to feel. Okay. And I do believe you're going to get an offer very soon, actually. Tamara, my God, I couldn't have said it any better or any more accurately. And and caller, I hope seriously uh, that you paid attention to what Tamara said because in my heart, that's exactly what I feel as well. That you think the that the ends are are tied up, that the loose ends are tied up, but like Tamara said, they're not. You still have to go through this process of releasing and letting go. And you may think to yourself, well, I've done that, but you haven't. There's still some things there that kind of hold you or kind of bind you. And exactly what Tamara said, release the house, do it all in love, let go of everything in your mind and your emotions and your spirit, and and let it go and just 
to call the other side and, and talk to the other side. And like she said, call in the angels, call in spiritual help, and just tell them, say, okay, I'm ready to leave and to get out of this. What's your perfect timing for this? And when that perfect timing comes about, then the house will sell and you'll get what you need for it. So it's uh, don't rush it. It'll happen when it happens. But like Tamara said, do all of those things that she suggested, and that's when you're going to have your happiness, your success, and be able to move forward and feel free about moving forward. Okay? All right. Well, I'll hang up so you can get to the next caller. Thank you so much. Thank you for okay, calling. Good Thank luck. You. Sending positive vibes. Yes. Yeah, thanks for the call. Um, 319-527-6702, and let's uh, go ahead and move on to the next caller here. This is area code 917. Hi, you're on with Ryan Lindsay, Tamara Gleason, and John Russell. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Carla. I'm calling from New York. Hi, Carla. Carla. Hi, my question is... Um, um, uh, related to work, do you see any changes coming up? Not in your, your present job, your present circumstances. There doesn't seem to be any uh, satisfactory advancement or emotional satisfaction there in the coming year. And unfortunately, I don't see a period of change coming soon in the coming oh, year. Oh. It's going to be probably okay. toward... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Probably towards what? Okay, I don't see any any possibility of advancement or change in your current job, and I don't see any specific job changes coming for you soon in the coming year. It looks to me like it's going to be somewhere around September of next year before you see a path that's that's clear to change and to make the advancement that you want, make the changes you want, and something better happens. So it's it's basically kind of you're just kind of stuck hanging in there till then, and this is a good time okay. for self-examination, spiritual I mean, growth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, say that again, spiritual growth, you said? Self-examination and spiritual growth. This is a good time to okay. do that. Utilize okay. the, the kind of the time where you're kind of stuck here. Utilize that time to improve yourself, to focus on your goals, and to figure out exactly what type of, of job change, career advancement that you would like to experience in the coming year and prepare yourself for that and move toward that and start focusing your energies on that, okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Carla, thanks for the call. Thank you. Carla. Okay. That opens up phone lines, folks, 319-527-6702. And uh, with uh, John Russell, his book, once again, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. Now, John, I want to get to uh, EVP. Last month we yep. talked about psychometry. I uh, haven't gotten anybody right. to give us their psychometry stories yet, but uh, we still got some time to go here. But uh, EVPs, what, what is an yep. EVP and how do we do it? All right, fixing to tell you now. Um, and, and please do, folks, call in if you had some success, uh, some experience with the, the psychometry, learning psychometry that we talked about last month. Please call in. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, now we're going to teach you how to do electronic voice phenomenon, which is the recording of spirit voices, uh, voices of ghosts, angels, uh, entities on the other side, sometimes nature spirits. Um, these are voices of of disincarnate beings. You can't see their body. You don't hear the voice necessarily as you're making the recording, but for some bizarre reason, uh, tape, magnetic tape, the old tape, reel-to-reel tapes, the cassette tapes, uh, that would pick up the voices and 
the new digital recorders, they pick up spirit voices. And the way that this works, the way that you do this, you get you a little, like a handheld digital recorder, and anywhere, you can practice EVP anywhere because spirits are everywhere. They're all around us all the time. And the the easiest way to do it is to formulate some questions in your mind, things you might want to know. Some examples are, is there anyone here? Can you tell me your name? Do you have a message for me? Is there anyone with anything they want to say? Questions like those. Or if you're wanting, hoping to contact someone specific on the other side, is Uncle Bill there? Uncle Bill, can you speak to me? Can you say my name? Can you give me a message? Now, what you do is you turn on the recorder, put it in the record uh, mode, and you ask your question, and then you get completely silent. Now, obviously, to do this, don't be having the TV going in the background. Turn your cell phone off. Don't have people around chatting and talking. Uh, try not even to be outdoors if it's really noisy. You want a very quiet environment. And the reason for that is these spirit voices, some of them are extremely loud and distinct and easy to understand and very, very clear. Some of them are not, and you have to put on headphones and listen to the recording over and over and over again. Sometimes you have to have it analyzed, cleaned up, uh, have other people listen to it to figure out what they're saying because the voices can be, <coughs> excuse me, scratchy or faint or indistinct. And uh, so you need a, the quietest environment that you can while you're doing the recording. Now, when you do the recording, one thing to think about if you say, boy, I, I really want this, I want to hear some voices, I'm going to record for half an hour, well, then that means you've got to sit and listen to half an hour of silence <laughs> or static or whatever, hoping that there's some voices in there. So don't record longer than you have the patience and the focus and the concentration to sit down and listen to. I usually recommend 10 to 30 seconds. And within that 10 to 30 second period of time, uh, I have gotten some astonishing, astonishing voices. Um there is a voice you can hear, a spirit voice that you can hear on my website, writingwithghost.net. Go down to the, toward the bottom of the page and look for the section that says Forest EVP. And you can click on that and play that. And as clear as a bell, you don't have to have headphones, you don't have to have interpretation, you don't have to have the noise or anything cleaned up. This is straight off the recorder that I posted this to my website. And as clear as a bell, you hear this voice go, peekaboo. As clear as a bell, this, this voice goes peekaboo. And where that happened was, I was out in one of the state parks here, walking one of the hiking trails. So I'm out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody else around on the planet. It's quiet, except for this plane was flying over. And it was uh, made a, a little distant noise in the background, but you don't really hear it on this tape. On this, I kind of cut that out uh, when I uh, post it to my website. And I was just standing out there in the forest, and I said, Hi, guys, is anybody here? Anybody have anything to say? And I turned the recorder on, and I got that voice, peekaboo. And so they were saying, you know, yeah, we're here. We're watching you. We see you, peekaboo. And I went to the exact same spot again and said, Guys, can you duplicate that? Can you do it again? And I got peekaboo again. Mm. So wow. that's, that's the type of messages that come through. Um, one of the things that really really boggled my mind, and this is in the book. Uh, I had gone to uh, Bonaventure Cemetery in Savannah, Georgia, the famous cemetery, and it's, it's a tourist destination. Outside, they have restrooms, snack machines, 
picnic tables, trash cans, <laughs> soda machines. It's like wow, and uh, and it's a beautiful place, uh, really gorgeous. And so I went there and I took a film camera, digital camera, and my my digital recorder, and I shot photographs with the with the film camera, photographs with the digital camera, hoping to get you know spirit photography, evidence of ghosts in the in the photographs. And then I did uh, several, I think, nine or ten EVP recordings. And uh, one of the places that I did the the very final EVP recording of the day, I was back down towards the river there, and it's just so beautiful for a cemetery. And I turned around from gazing at the river, and here's this tiny grave a couple of feet long. And it just broke my heart. You know, here's this little, you know, two-year-old kid, and I'm like, my God, it, it just broke me. You know, here I am, the big, tough biker, and, man, I was nearly on the verge of tears. And it made me mad. You know, I, I believe in the other side. I believe our soul survives. I believe our intelligence and our, our sense of humor, everything survives intact, our memories. I believe that. I have evidence for that. But death still hurts, and death still sucks. And for the reaper's size to fall on somebody so young and tender, it, it just it just hurts. It's just... It's just wrong. And I was standing there, and I got mad. And I had cursed death and cursed the process that this little two-year-old child would die. And I thought, think about his parents, you know. Oh, boy, we've got this kid, and, and how, how are they going to grow up to be? And I love this child, and, and this is so great. And then, boom, two years, and he's gone. And think of the misery and the emptiness and the loneliness in their life. And I was, I was thinking all of those things, and, and I cursed death, and I cursed the reaper, and I turned on the recorder, and I said, does anybody have anything they want to say? And I got silent, and I let it run for about 10 or 15 seconds, 20 seconds. I shut it off, and so I got back home. I uploaded all my film. I got my film photographs developed, looked at all of those. Nothing, no ghosts, no spirits visible. I looked at all my digital uh, photographs, uploaded those to my computer, looked at them carefully, no, no ghosts, no spirits. Listen to like the first eight or nine EVP, not a peep, not nothing. And then at that very last EVP I recorded when I was standing over that two-year-old grave, I heard this voice go, are you angry? No. <laughs> so somebody invisible on the other side was standing there watching me, listening to me, maybe even reading my thoughts, and then heard me curse death and curse the reaper. And they, they are you angry? <laughs> I was like, yes, I was oh, very angry. So, listen, folks on the other side see us, interact with us, hear us, maybe reads our minds. And um, so when you're asking for EVP, be aware that you may get a, a, a wide variety of things. And um, now, look, there's, there's a lot of people that will tell you, oh, when you're using this, you're going to get a lot of evil entities or a lot of threats or a lot of this or a lot of that. <clears throat> I don't believe in that, and I've never experienced it. I know there are some people that do have legitimate you know, voices, get out, or, you know, or whatever, this, that, and the other. Okay, so if you're going to be fearful about the thing, don't do it. You know, it's as simple as that. <laughs> if, you're afraid you're going, if you're afraid you're going to record something and a voice is going to tell you, I don't like you, oh, God, oh, God, you know, then don't do it. Don't, don't freak yourself out. Don't do it to begin with. But if you're willing to experiment, if you're willing to understand, hey, look, I control this scenario, and my, my theory in doing any type of spiritual work, I'm, I'm never disrespectful. And I'm never confrontational, but I don't back down either. If somebody tells me, get out, I'm going to say, why? Why shouldn't I be here? Why do you want me gone? 
You know, I'm going to challenge them. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to say, hey, you know, don't just tell me to get out. Why do you want me out? And so that spirit's going to have to explain itself then and have to have to come up with some good reason it doesn't want me there. Let's find out what this scenario is. So those are some of the things you may encounter um, when you're tempting this. You'll hear some voices that are so faint and distant you can't make them out. Uh, that's common for everybody, even the most experienced EVP uh, professionals. Uh, some voices you'll get like mine that are just crystal clear, and it's like, oh, my God, wow. Um, others, um, you may get noises. You may get sounds. We had a, uh, uh, when my uh, my wife's boy and, and uh, his girlfriend was over, uh, we said, hey, let's let's do some EVP, and so we did, and so we started specifically keying in on her and asking things for her, and instead of voices, we got these very distinct sounds like tappings and knockings and, and strange noises in the background that all four of us sitting at the table, none of us heard with our physical ears, but it was there super distinctly when we played it back, and it was like, oh, wow, you know, the other side does communicate in, in audible ways that we can hear when we record these things. So uh, those are the types of things that you'll get. And again, it takes persistence. Uh, I was really lucky when I started out. I got voices right away. Some people record for months every single day and don't get a thing. And then finally, there's a breakthrough. And so it kind of depends on the person, kind of depends on the individual, kind of begins on the, depends on the, uh, the energies around you and how they are at coming through and who's around you and so on and so forth. But uh, don't be afraid to give it a try. And like I say, ask your questions. Uh, there have been people that have gotten EVP that it was like, you know, hey, this is Uncle Bill, I love you, you know, things like that. Uh, very, very seldom do you get long, complete sentences. Most often you get, you know, are you angry, peekaboo, things like that. Most often they're, they're a few words long or a phrase that you can connect to or, or understand or realize. And uh, very, very seldom do you get complete sentences. But there are some researchers that have dedicated themselves to this, and they have received like thousands of really good quality EVP and talked to these spirits, talked to people on the other side, gotten these things. And uh, so it's, it's worth experimenting with. It's worth doing. And the only reason that I started, <clears throat> excuse me, was that um, my producer told me, he said, you know, why don't you, why don't you do some EVP that we can, we can post on the website? And that was when we were still hawking the, the idea for a TV series for me after I had shot the TV pilot. And uh, I said, well, you know, for me to, to do EVP is regression. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I hold complete conversations in my head with spirits. I have complete two-way conversations with long, complete sentences and thoughts and visual pictures and everything else. I, EVP is a regression to me because I might get two or three words where if I'm conversing with a spirit, I get their whole life story, you know, and I can communicate and it goes back and forth. And he said, yeah, that's you, but the viewer doesn't get that and doesn't see that and doesn't know that and doesn't experience that. But if you can catch some EVP on tape and play it for them, then the aha moment occurs, the light bulb goes off. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So that's when I started started doing EVP, and uh, I've continued it off and on ever since. I don't rely on it that heavily because with my psychic gift, I have that direct communication with spirits. But uh, it, it's still an interesting thing to do. So that's how you practice it. That's how you try it. And uh, I'd encourage people to go out there and try that. And, and if anybody gets results, call us back next month and uh, and let us know. Let us hear. Absolutely. And or email me your uh, your EVP if you get it uh, in the meantime here in the next month right. or so, and we'll play on the air. 
uh, next month when we have John Russell on. Uh, now, Tamara, I would think that uh, you either have had success with EVPs or would be successful with with EVP. EVP. Oh. Have you uh, you ever tried it? Oh, obviously, I, absolutely. In my years, twenty plus years in the paranormal work, um, I've been very, very blessed to work with several people in the field. You know that have been on the different TV shows. Um, my friends from Ghost Hunters International and Factor Fake. So they have been gifted wonderful different forms of, um, you know, electric voice phenomenon equipment and everything you can imagine. Gettysburg, you know, we had a, a young spirit that tripped me. You know, for years I, I went around telling, ah, oh, they can't hurt you. Well, yeah, yeah, they can. Um, you know, so I got tripped and um, Rob Deborah's pulled out his he had an automatic evp and what this does is anything electric voice phenomenon is recorded it will play it back instantaneously and that was quite phenomenal because that was we were able to talk to it right away and you know it said you know why did you trip her you know what's your name it said adam mcgill be sorry you know it's just shenanigans well we were in the irish brigade quarter um, on St. Patrick's Day. So I think there I've told go. the story. Um, we've done, you know, over the years, many, many, many. And I've even had a team out of uh, Deadwood, South Dakota, you know, a, a few, I think it was like three gentlemen um, sitting doing EVP work. And they thought, gosh, if Tamarin, I'm sure you've had this experience where people want you to tap in and tune into the spirit where they are. Right. right. And um, so they were thinking about, calling me and and the one expressed that he just had it in his mind and right before he called me and you can hear him you know hey Tamara how's it going you know we have this case we're working on and and I said yes there's a woman in a Victorian dress there and and she's just in your timeline she's not hurting anybody just have to explain it to the family that sometimes she comes in and out of their world well they went back to record you know to the EVP recording and, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, three grown men sitting in a dark room. Who is it? Anybody here? You know, they're kind of freaked out because there's some tapping and knocking. And, <laughs> and they heard of a specific sigh of a woman go, oh, Tamara. <laughs> so she, it, it was like because she was, you know, had been to the light and been back again. She intuitively, you know, could plug in and mind tap this individual and say yes just do it so you can not be so freaked about the fact that this is my house too and this is my heaven (laughs) so yeah that's awesome we learn so much don't we and i do believe you should never be afraid of it like you said it's like i have some questions because we have a we have some spiritual power and life force energy we're 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 powerful beings right and nobody should ever be afraid of it and nobody Absolutely. should ever get addicted to it. You know, right, I have heard right. of some people, especially when they're grieving a loved one, you know, with a Ouija board or EVP, just trying so desperately. And um, so I always recommend to people just, you know, just just trust, you know, and if it make doesn't a, work. Make a time it, frame for it and then leave it alone right, and go on right. with your normal life. Go to the movies, exactly. cook a meal, go out with your friends or whatever, because we do, you're so, so correct, we do have to still live. And, uh, you know, right. it's, it's it's very addicting. As you know, I, I mean, for us as professionals, the other side is addicting. It's what we do. It's, it's oh, our lifestyle. It's how we live. 
But, you know, we make time, and I'm sure you can confirm this, we make time to disengage. And, you know, I like to garden, I like to target shoot, I like to ride my motorcycle, I play chess, all of these things. And so we all have to have that disconnect, and we have to have our own specific recharge and our own growth period and everything, and then go back to it. You know, it's kind of like a job. You don't work a job 24 hours a day. If you did, you'd kill yourself. Right. It's your balance. It is your life. But I think there's absolutely part of our own spiritual development. I think it's human nature at its best to wonder, you know, and many people don't start seeking that out until they do lose someone. And truly that's usually when people's third eyes really start opening up because they know their loved one is on the other side. They'll protect them. And they're a little bit more willing to, investigate so to speak of what happens and that this isn't this isn't it for us you know there are many dimensions many layers to reality and time and and some of it's residual you know some of it is just a time stamp so you might not be able to get that interaction like that but you might get some really um phenomenal you know it's Uh, like a memory left in the atmosphere yeah yeah absolutely and i do believe it is connected and i think we are intuitive as we are doing those EVPs. We are talking to the Akashic records or the field of frequency that, you know, once we leave this physical body, you know, um, but we don't have to. We are connected to that field. And when we plug Absolutely. in and set our intention, when we set our intention, like turning a dial on a, you know, on a radio, when we, yep. we channel Tuning into in. that frequency, yep, yep, when we tune into that frequency, and that's our intention. And we do it knowing we are safe and protected. We can call in our angels. I always recommend to everybody to do that. I yeah. have had to give some PTSD hypnosis um, in paranormal, you know, haunted hotspots, if you will. Right, right. Um, for, you know, there, there's, you know, if, you, if you're going to start doing this work without being in strong in your sense of who you are as an individual, or you are aggravating, you know, it's like, exactly, you know, there's exactly. people walking around having their own little, you know, through, you know, they, they might not be ready to cross right over to the other side because they do right. have free will. Well, they might just be mischievous. Oh, they are out there. Oh, sure. yes. So, oh, yes, they are. But Tamara, <laughs> I, have you, I, have, I have to interrupt you here and tell you what a profound thing that you just said. And, and in effect, it was like, you know, you may you may be hitting not the actual person as they are now on the other side, but a time stamp that they've left, a message that they've left. And I think, oh, my God, how true that is. It might be like when you contact the other side, you may not be contacting their spirit directly, but you may be interacting with, if you will, uh, a folded-up envelope tucked under the pillow that they've left behind for you, much like when you wake up in the morning, your spouse has gone to work, and they've left you a note, you know, love you and thinking of you and whatever. And I think that uh, what you said about, you know, maybe you're connecting with that time stamp, or maybe as they've gone on, while they're learning and while they're trying to learn how to communicate, while they're working out things on the other side, maybe they've left this, you know, I love you, or I'm thinking about you, or whatever, as a little message there floating in the ether waiting for you to get it. And uh, what a beautiful concept that is. Oh, there are so, and, and that's what's so, I mean, it's a convoluted universe, isn't it? Isn't and it? there's just so <laughs> many. And I, yeah. I just, you know, it, it. I think it is to be explored. Like children, I think it's it's fascinating. I never tire of hearing people's near-death experiences. I've worked with Absolutely. so many 
people that have crossed over. I'm sure you as have yep. as well. And yep. as much as we think we know, it's just we just know we're touching the iceberg. I mean, just by oh, tip of the iceberg. We're, we're barely scratching the surface of it. We're barely scratching the surface of it. And, exactly. and that's why it always ticks me off when I hear people, oh, well, this is exactly how it is on the other side, or I'm a master of this or this. Or this. No. we just The more we <laughs> learn, the less we know, and we're just barely scratching the surface. And for those of us like you and I who have dedicated our lives to this, there's still more questions than answers, and we're learning all the time. I had somebody ask me the other day, they said, after all of these years, do you still study? Do you still learn? Do you? I was like, oh, God, yes. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm just starting out in first grade after all these years. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a Absolutely. lot there. Yeah, a lot Absolutely. there. And, again, I think some of this goes back to what I said earlier, that there's these checks and balances and these failed safes in place between us and the other side because, I mean, look, we can, I don't know if you've done this, but I have been able to physically manipulate things uh, kinetically with psychic power and make things move mm-hmm. or, or affect things or do things. And so the fact that we can develop those abilities and can do that, that lends itself to abuse as well as uh, for good things as well. And I think that um, going back to what I said earlier about checks and balances from the other side, you know, if, if everybody on the planet suddenly became super kinetic, uh, you know, you're going to be having people swipe cars off the road, you know, get out of my way, how dare you get me off or whatever. And so I think these checks and balances are there to kind of, kind of, you know, hey, you, you've got these abilities, but what are you going to do with them? And let's do something good with them. Let's see if you can heal people and help people and heal the planet and heal the world. And uh, I think that's what we have to be looking at. I think that's why those checks and balances are there. And as you say, we continue to learn, we continue to search, we continue to explore, and it is marvelous. It is fascinating. It's a, it's a wonderful way to live. Right. Well, and there are some souls, I mean, that are walking in a, a lower frequency. I've been to some of yes. those haunted bars, brothels, old west towns, and, and because of a lot of dogmatic beliefs, although it just seems like a blink of an eye, in their timeline, right? That right, they just right. died in their mind, even though it could have been a hundred years ago. Right. You know, their their spirits are, you know, there, you know, and that's where time is such an illusion, right? Yes. Yes. So yes. you know, yes. our our bodies are there, and and we've we've sent many to the light, you know, and yes. said you don't Absolutely. have to live in this dimension anymore. I'm sure you've done that many times as well. Yes. Um, or you don't have to be this way or believe this way or act in this don't way. Have you can, to, you can, yeah, right. you can make you these don't changes have to believe you are not, Right. You don't have to believe that you are stuck in this dimension having to repeat this pain over exactly and over right. again. And I believe exactly that's why right. and I believe that's why certain souls that do this work are actually called to a place. Right? Because yep. we're working with our angels, they're working with their own and it's like exactly. they've seen enough here. They've seen enough here in, in, in their belief or in their amount of time, it, you know, it, it was just, you know, like I said, it's a, there's a timeless universe we live in and yeah. it's just a belief that we have in this. So I've had some very strange experiences with meeting people on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, before they've crossed over and, um, you know, even before meeting them. So it's just when, like you said, just when you think you, you know, 
you're you're like a graduate student going to get your doctorate, it's like, okay, I'm just a kindergartner again. This is beyond exactly my exactly right, exactly right. You know, it's just like that's a new one. <laughs> starting from scratch all yeah. over again. That's exactly what it feels yeah. like. You're so right, and uh, and it's it's so important. Uh, for us all to realize that and to realize none of us have a handle on this thing and we're all trying to learn we're all trying to do the best we can we're all trying to get there and uh, i i i saw one thing uh, or read one thing that uh, someone was saying uh, that the other side plays peekaboo with us and uh, and i think that's so true it's like we get these little glimpses we get these little hints and I always tell people, you know, the other side is notoriously unreliable. For all the experiences that we've had, the other side is notoriously unreliable. I always tell people, you can't make an appointment with a UFO. You know, it's just, it shows up when it wants to, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And uh, another person and I were talking about this the other day, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, you might go do a paranormal investigation and you get you know, 50 manifestations or 50 things happen. You go to a, a paranormal manifest, uh, investigation somewhere else and there's there's nothing. You know, nothing happens. And so right. it's, that's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's it's sometimes it's there, sometimes it isn't. It doesn't come at our beck and call. And I think maybe there's some lessons there for us to learn and, and work through. We, You know, it's just like you say, it's this amazing process. And, and we're still learning, and uh, I think we probably always will be. Right. There will always be fascination with that, I believe. Yes. Folks, we've got lines open here for Psychic John Russell. 319-527-6702 is the uh, number to call. Just about a half hour left to go in the show. Take a look at uh, writingwithghosts.net for information on John's uh, book, Writing with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. And, uh, again, give us a call for your mini psychic reading. And, uh, John, once again, how do folks uh, get a hold of you for a uh, longer in-depth reading? If they want the longer in-depth reading, they can go to johnrussell.net, and the full information's there on how to schedule the reading. Uh, all my credentials are there. My clients' testimonials are there, so on and so forth, so they can learn a lot more about me there. They can schedule the reading safely from there. Uh, when they click on the link to schedule the reading, to buy the reading, it takes them to PayPal. Uh, it's safe and secure. I don't even see their credit card information. That's between them and PayPal. I just get a receipt uh, that the uh, the reading has been paid for. And like I say, right now, it averages anywhere from one to three months uh, to be able to schedule reading to be able to get that in. One to three months, that's that's a nice problem for you to have then, isn't it, John? It's a wonderful <laughs> problem for me to have because just like everybody else, i got to pay the grocer. <laughs> you know, so, and as, uh, as someone said the other day so eloquently, you're not charging for the reading. You're charging for your time. You're not charging for your gift. You're charging for your time. And and that's so very true because look, I got to buy groceries the same as everybody else. And if people want me to do this full time and conduct investigations and do readings and write more books, then somehow I got to be able to pay the grocer. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> nice to have some good lights on, isn't it, John? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, gotta now, if I had <laughs> if I had Bill Gates come along and say, John, here's a million dollars a year, you know, do free readings for everybody, fantastic. But that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so in the meantime, the grocer wants to be paid when I push that basket of, of groceries up there. Yeah. <laughs> Great. 
So uh, we have John Russell on the last Wednesday of uh, of every month, folks, for your mini psychic readings on the air. You know, John, back to the, the EVP thing. I, EVP is something I think I would... I would have to be there when when I'm rewinding that tape and playing it again. Otherwise, I think EVP, kind of like um, channeling, would be so easy to fake. Don't you think? Um, I'm not really sure that, that it is too easy to fake. Um, okay. I'm not saying that it can't be faked, that it can't be done, yeah. but I, I don't think it's something that you can easily fake and then produce it credibly as a uh, as a legitimate example because EVP in and of itself is is so unique and so strange and so different um, that it would be I, I think it would take a lot of effort to fake it and people would be like well why you know why am I going to be um, super well versed in uh, computer technology and in software technology and in sound enhancement technology and why would I do all of that and spend hours to produce a three-word snippet that would convince somebody that I got an EVP? Uh, it, it, <laughs> it just seems like a, a huge waste of Good time, point. effort, and energy that I think most people would look at and go, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know, what the heck? <laughs> and uh, so I think that, uh, and, and from my own experience, uh, having heard others' EVPs that you could could really kind of verify or whatever, and from my own experience with my own uh, I think most of the things out there are legitimate, uh, but I think it, uh, one thing, too, that goes back to a point that Tamara uh, kind of made was that, uh, you know, we have, to, um, we have to interact with these spirits in such a way that we say, okay, you know, who's, who's doing this? What's your motivation? You know, what's the reality here? And we have to assume that there are some spirits out there that aren't going to tell us the truth, that aren't going to tell us, um, you know, the exact set of circumstances or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me, and as I've alluded to before, uh, I've had experience with, and I'm sure Tamara has too, with nature spirits, uh, with with mm-hmm. beings that are not human, that were never human, that they're, they're these own created entities that are entirely something else. They may not communicate in the same manner that we do, they may not view things in the same manner that we do. They may not have the same motivations or desires or, or you know, whatever. And uh, and some of these things are very mischievous. <laughs> and and I don't mean in a negative way or a, or a dangerous way. I remember I had one uh, one really interesting thing when I was hiking in the state parks. I would encounter these Native American spirits. And they told me something super interesting because the argument is always that people are seeing UFOs, they're seeing our technology. And the UFOs only started being visible or announced or reported when our technology was capable of that and people were mistaking it for what our military was doing or some other military was doing. Well, the Native American spirits that I talked to in the forest told me that for hundreds of years, you know, before there was technology per se for hundreds of years they saw these things in the skies and that uh, that they uh, interacted uh, some of their people interacted with some of these beings way back when so that wipes out you know the the technological argument there uh, that those uh, that those things have um, have always existed have always been um, 
some of the other things that we have to look at, I think, too, in the uh, the area of dealing with these spirits, talking about being uh, beings that may not be, um, you know, human or, or may have been human at one time but may still possess a good sense of humor, um, going back to the Indian spirits again. <clears throat> Excuse me. In one of the state forests, this young boy presented himself to me. Uh, I, I say young boy, teenager. And uh, he was an Indian spirit. He presented himself to me, told him, told me about his life there and, and how he had lived there, and he was there now. And, and he kind of hit it off with me, and he was like, can I follow you home? Hang out a while. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so he came home, and one of the ways that he would manifest was our laundry room door, which is visible down the hallway from where we sit in the living room watching TV. He would grab that door and just rattle it like crazy for a good little bit, very, very strongly, very, very loudly. And that was one of the ways that he would manifest. And it got to the point that it was really comical because when we left, I would say, hey, man, you know, if you can, watch over the house while we're gone. And I would come back and I would unlock the, the door coming out of the laundry room to come into the house and I would turn the doorknob and pull the door, and he would grab the knob from the other side to slam the door back shut. <laughs> and oh. I was like, hey, guy, how's it going? I said, hey, I appreciate you letting <laughs> us know you're here. Appreciate you watching over us in the house. And he was kind of doing that as, a, you know, I, hey, I've kept an eye on things. I haven't let anything in that shouldn't be in. And sometimes we would have a literal tug of war over the door. <laughs> We'd pull it back and forth, and I would laugh. And, and it was a, a really great time, a really great spirit, a really great energy. And uh, then eventually he, he went on, but he was here for a long, long time. So um, another thing that I learned about about spirits such as that is that sometimes there are some spirits, like with myself, I call them the guys, my retinue on the other side, to which I'm I'm super thankful and grateful. But I call the guys... This is my regular group of people that ever since I was young, they've been with me. They'll be with me till I cross over. I'll meet them on the other side, get to see them face-to-face someday. And uh, then there are spirits that are central to a location. And when you leave, they may not be able to come with you or may not want to come with you. They may stay where they're at. Uh, so we have these, um, you know, we have to kind of discern what these entities are and how they come in and out of our lives, who stays with us, who leaves, who enters. And I think we periodically have new um, spirits, angels, guardians coming in. And uh, one incident I can give you for that that was really bizarre to me was when I was out riding my bike, um, I turned on this one favorite backcountry road that I love to go on. And I (laughs) I had looked as I made the turn because you have to slow down really slow to make this turn, like... 10, 15 miles an hour, and I looked all around at the scenery, and there's nothing there, nobody there, and I made the turn, and I looked back in my rearview mirror on the motorcycle, and there's this large, almost obelisk-like thing standing just where I had turned, standing there, uh, not in the road, but right up close to the road, and it was like, I don't know, 8 or 10 feet tall. It was almost black-looking, and it was almost like a monolith, but I could tell it was an entity. It was a spirit. It was sentient. It was conscious. It was watching me. And I was like, and I, I physically saw it, and I kept looking back at it. It's like, I'm going to turn around and go back. And about this time, from the other direction, here come all these cars, spaced just wide enough apart that I couldn't stop and turn around. It was a little narrow two-lane road. And uh, I, I went up on around a curve. And by then, I was like, well, okay, now, you know, the cars are back there, so no use in going back. 
but uh, the impression I got was, you know, hey, we know that motorcycling is a dangerous lifestyle, and we're watching over you. We see you. We're here. We're protecting you. We're we're guiding you, and we're looking at you. We're watching over you. And I got that impression, and it was so comforting. And it's it's been proven uh, real in my life. I've had several uh, physical manifestations of protection while I've been on the road, literally life-saving protection. But the lesson I learned from that was, here's a being that doesn't look anything like me, and and I can't relate to in any physical form, but it's sentient, it's conscious, it's self-aware, it knows me, it's watching after me, and it's communicating to me. I, I see you, we're here, we're watching over you, we're helping you. So we have to understand that there's beings out there that we don't quite know all of who and what is and where they come from and why. And, and like Tamara said, there's a lot of dimensions and a lot of things out there. So that's another thing to be aware of, but that was a really fascinating experience. And, and that's in the new book. Uh, along with several others, so great. You know, I was thinking oh, uh, a, sh- a show that a show that we did in the recent past, Tamara. Um, a I think we were talking about reincarnation and past life regression and so forth. And the the guest said that uh, one of her clients uh, in uh, in hypnosis said that in a past incarnation she was the mist on a remote island, uh, and the 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 mist just gently. Um, falling on a, a remote island, and I thought, how peaceful. Do you remember that? But it, it just got me to think. Well, that, doing past life regression, I, anything from the gases that make volcanoes, people have been elements, they've been animals, they've been rock. Um, you just, when you get into, like I said, um, I recommend Dolores Cannon's work, uh, Convoluted Universe. She's got like 19 books out, but tons and tons of, of YouTube videos on her work as an age regressionist and people going into the synimbulistic level of the, the subconscious mind. Yeah, it, like I said, it just blows your mind wide open. And, you know, I do that in my work and I, I had octopus. You know, people just, I was an octopus, and how was your life as that octopus, just floating? I've had people say they, you know, were on a different planet that was being invaded. They described their, what their bodies looked like. They were, you know, kind of blobby. Uh, they said they had, you know, real, you know, gelatin-like legs, and and their, their ships took them to a different planet that were, had a lot of uh, plant eaters, and they just ate algae. And so, I mean... Yeah, you just never know what what you're going to find when you go into the deep unconscious mind. And I, I consider it a form of my research. Like John said, we are constantly researching as to, and, and not just out of curiosity, but to really realize that we are much more than our bodies in this in this dimension, right? We've Absolutely. Been many, and, and to be able to kind of like, you know, I, I believe we can, you know, cloak, like, you know, I, I believe there's so much more to our yeah. human experience. And I don't know about you and I, you know, John and, and Ryan, but I want to, I want to have the most fun with it. I can. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I think one of the things that people have to understand when we talk about intelligence, we automatically assume human intelligence and we have to mm-hmm. understand that there are many different intelligences in this world, 
There's animal intelligence. There's plant intelligence. Well, how can a plant be intelligent? Well, let me tell you a couple of interesting right. experiments that I read about. Um, researchers, and you can read about this. You can look it up. Researchers have hooked up uh, sensors, electrodes, whatever, to a monitoring device and hooked those to a plant and then brought a, a flame, like a cigarette lighter flame or a match flame or a candle flame, toward the plant as if to burn it, and the sensors go wild. They go crazy. Now, that plant can't write a symphony, but can you? You know, that plant can't talk English to us, speak English to us, but it has enough intelligence and self-awareness to realize, oh, man, this guy's fixing to burn me with a flame. Cut it out. Stop, stop. I don't want to be burned. And send off a, uh, a recognition. Now, one of the other fantastic things I read about was, and this is really incredible, uh, there was an ex- uh, experiment done where a guy had been murdered and there were no witnesses except this guy came in with this, what they thought was an absolutely ridiculous theory. And they said, well, there, there are witnesses. There's plants in here in the room where the guy was murdered. And they had a suspect and they couldn't prove anything, but this guy came up with something outrageous. He said, I'm going to put some sensors on this, on this plant. And he said, we're going to bring these suspects in and we're going to see if the plant reacts. And so, <laughs> as, as wild as that sounds, they brought in some, some shills, just like when you have a lineup, you have people that aren't guilty, and maybe a police officer even in the lineup. So they brought in some shills, no reaction from the plant, brought in another person, no reaction from the plant, brought in the chief suspect, the plant went crazy, the sensors went wild, and uh, then brought in subsequent other shills and nothing from the plant, brought in the guy again, the plant went, went wild again. So they managed to convince the guy that they had a witness, which, of course, they did, which was the plant. <laughs> and uh, and the, guy, the guy broke down and confessed. And sure enough, he was the guy that did it. The one that the plant reacted to was the guy that did it. So when we say intelligence, we think we're so big. We think we're so smart. We think we're so great. We think we're so infallible. And listen, there's other intelligences out there. It may not be our intelligence. may not be, quote, unquote, human intelligence. But there's plant intelligence, such as I've just talked about. There's animal intelligence. Um, you know, I've got my little dog. I can snap my fingers, say, come here, Daddy's going to give you sugars. And he runs over, and, oh, we get all kinds of sugars. Well, there's intelligence operating there. It's not human intelligence, but it's intelligence. And he knows to do things. He picks up commands. He has his own will. He has his own way of looking at things. And so there's an entirely different species there from me that I'm interacting with, that I get love from, that I give love to, that shows intelligence, that, that has self-awareness, and so on and so forth. So we have to understand when we say intelligence, you know, there's a lot of different intelligences out there, and this is what hampers our research for extraterrestrial intelligence or finding other beings or so on and so forth. The stupidest thing that I constantly hear over and over and over well, we've found a planet out there that's kind of like Earth that may support life. We're talking <laughs> human life. We're talking our life. We don't acknowledge the fact that there may be a raging, boiling hot planet that emits noxious gases, and that's what the beings there live on and thrive on. We don't acknowledge sure. that. Everything right. is automatically assumed us, human, our way. Our viewpoint, we have to have oxygen, we have to have this, we have to have that. And on some other planet, that may not be the case at all. 
And so we totally right. discount that. And we also discount the fact that there may be other intelligences. Some of these other intelligences, as I've said, like the, the monolith being that I communicated with, wasn't human, uh, didn't appear to have human motivations or interactions or um, aims or goals or whatever, but yet it was highly intelligent, it was self-aware, and it communicated with me. And it was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm here to watch over you, I'm here to protect you, I'm here to let you know that there is a retinue of beings on the other side looking at you and, and uh, watching out for you. So we have to understand that when we search for intelligence, there's a lot of intelligence staring us in the face. Um, ants, ants are intelligent. You know, and we squish them and we hate them at our picnics and everything else, but yet they're able to communicate, they're able to form chains and lead, lead the, the, the colony to food and back to, the, to the, uh, the colony and so on and so forth. And so there's intelligence there. It may be a quote-unquote lower level of intelligence, but think about this. If I strip you naked and don't give you any tools and throw you out in the forest, can you survive? No, you'd starve to death, but these ants do. They survive. They make it through drought, through fires, through famine, through all these things. You go out, the ants are still there. They're still working. So, you know, hey, maybe they got something on us in that respect. And we can learn from and look at and respect every form of life. And uh, I think that's what we've lost and that we have to get back to and when we're looking for quote-unquote intelligent life out there, we may have to realize that intelligence may come in a package that we don't recognize or that we don't think could exist. Uh, you know, just because we have to breathe oxygen, other people may not need to. Other other beings, other entities may not need to. They may not need oxygen. They may need something else. They may need carbon dioxide to breathe. So uh, we have to look at these things and accept these things as variables, as unknown, and we have to acknowledge that there's other intelligence and uh, one of the things that scares me the most is the experimentation we're doing with artificial intelligence. And I prefer to call it machine intelligence. And you have to realize that if a computer system, an artificial intelligence system, does become sentient, does become self-aware, and uh, that occurs, that's machine intelligence. And it may have... It may have desires and aims and motives completely different than ours and altogether, uh, you know, unknown and, and of its own devising. And we don't know what that's going to be. It may be um, uh, agreeable to us. It may be uh, indifferent to us. It may be hostile to us. It may want to uh, protect us and help us. We don't know because machine intelligence, as it arises, is going to be its own intelligence. It's not going to be ours. It's not going to be the same thing. It's like uh, Lao Tse said, nature is not human-hearted. And uh, and it's not. You know, you learn very quickly in nature. Um, you know, we have volcanoes, hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, lightning. We have all these things that kill us, that devastate us, that wipe out our crops, that wipe out our villages, that wipe out our homes. And so we learn that nature isn't human-hearted. We learn nature can do some very cruel and some very strange things. Now, the motive behind that, we're not always 100% sure of, but I think a lot of it has to go back to respect, and I think a lot of it has to go with, again, the fact that we can make some offerings or some concessions or some supplications or some prayers to these spirits, to these beings, to nature itself, and see some results from that respect. And one example uh, I saw a documentary, and this was not a paranormal documentary. This was a science documentary. 
which mm-hmm. makes it even the more fantastic. And there was a volcano erupting, and you know, Pele is, is the goddess of, of volcanoes, of, of fire and volcanoes and all that. So this volcano is erupting, the, uh, the lava is flowing like this massive, powerful river toward this village and toward this guy's house. And the guy said, if I go out and leave Pele an offering of liquor, and by the way, the spirits seem to be very fond of offerings of liquor. I'll leave that with you. And so this guy said, yes, Jen, Jen, yes, Jen. Yep. Yep. So this guy leaves. Even specific. (laughs) Yes, Jen. So the guys leave these the, the, the bottles of liquor at the four corners of his property. And then he sets up a camera, and the authorities make him leave. So he leaves, but he's got the camera going. And they show this on the documentary. They show his camera film from the documentary. The lava flow, which is huge, it's like a river, comes toward his house, hits the front of his property in half, flows around to the edge of his property, goes down the edge of his property, down to the back, comes together and rejoins in the back of the property, leaving his property and his house untouched. This is on film. And then eventually, yes, And then eventually the lava overflowed and took over everything. And the guy said, if I could have stayed, if the authorities hadn't forced me out, if I could have stayed and if I could have offered more to Pele, if I could have given more offerings of alcohol and more more other offerings, I know my house would have been spared. Well, obviously it would have because look what happened. And that's on film. That was in a documentary, not a paranormal documentary. And so we have to understand that we can... We can make these offerings, these supplications. Look, it's this way. If I come up to you and uh, I don't come up to you and, and say, Tamara, give me a ride to town. I come up to you and I say, hey, Tamara, if you've got the time, uh, I need a ride to town, and I'll put in $10 worth of gas money if you can do it, right? So this is how we should approach the other side. Hey, guys, I need something. Uh, can you help me out here? And I'd, I'd sure be willing to exchange this side or the other for you. But, but it's so funny that Tamara comes out and jumps out and says, Jen, specifically Jen, because my experience <laughs> with the spirits has been they love Jen. They respond to Jen. I have had, uh, I keep bottles of gin here constantly that I offer to the spirits. And I'll tell you, one time I went out, the wind was like just really getting crazy in the backyard. And I went out there and I said, guys, here. And I flipped the bottle of gin up in the air so that a big stream of it came out into the atmosphere and went up way high, 12, 15 feet into the air. And the the wind instantly stilled and never came back. So oh, yes. I, yeah. When so you I work keep all friends of gin constantly. And uh, they do seem to be very, very, very partial to gin. So that's that's one thing uh, somebody else can try. And it's like I've done that here. It's like with the, the severe storms coming and everything else. I take offerings of, of gin out. We've never been harmed. Our property's never been harmed. We've always had good success. And, and I constantly give offerings of gin to the guys in appreciation and thanks for things they've done. So, uh, listen, you know, you got to be receptive and open and understanding to, hey, our way isn't necessarily the only way. You know, we humans mm-hmm. live on this planet, but so do plants, so do animals, so do spirits, so does nature, so does, you know, all of these things. And we have to kind of be willing to say, okay, how do I coexist with that? How do I get along with that? And our arrogance, I think, brings calamity upon us sometimes. And I think the powers that be in nature uh, get enough, and it's like, you know what? (laughs) Here comes that earthquake. Here comes that volcano. Here comes that, you know. Uh, So I I think that it's, it's a matter that we have to be respectful 
not only of ourselves, but of all things, because we all really are interconnected with this, and we all do live with this, and uh, we, we've we got to respect that. We've got to understand that. That's, that's fascinating. And, you know, someone that has worked with the um, goddesses of Hawaii and the shaman over there, Paley, I mean, and we're with Native Americans here in, in um, the United, you know, the the 48, right? Um, yes. Turtle yes. Island. But, but yes, I mean, it's, it's a powerful intention. And there, uh, Pele has been, has, has been seen. She forms, you know, yes. you don't feed her pork. Yes. You don't feed her pork, right? She does not like pork. She loves that's skin. Right. That's right. Loves candy. But, I mean, that's not superstition. You can't have that much power behind prayer with with working with the elementals, right? Right. Or the right. nation spirits. They they really believe her to be an entity, and it's it's no laughing matter over there, right? And uh, so, yes, absolutely. I think it's interesting that that you do that. John have have offered gin offerings to the to the, the spirits, and you know, like you said, Ryan, you know that woman was water over the mist. That was a consciousness. That was a soul. So why couldn't we, you know, as nature naturally, you know, replenishes herself as, as you know, they love that Pele. If you listen and, and walk, you know, listen to her or listen to the earth, you'll be you'll be spared. Right. But exactly. but she exactly. grows the island over and over and over. She's she we think of her as destructive or a tornado, but they clear the land. And right. um it's, and that's why we really, as humans, more than ever, don't you think? And I think that's one of the main reasons why Ryan and I, you know, put this, formulated this show again. And I'm so grateful. He's, you know, is the founder of this wonderful radio station. It's just to bring these conversations, share these little powwows we have, you know, exactly. share our knowledge, blessings to everybody that it's, it's, it's tricky and vulnerable call yes. into a radio show because you're exposing your soul to another and an That's audience. Yep. But it's, I'm so grateful for those people that called tonight because I mm-hmm. feel that frustration of, of that caller, you know, it's like, yes. and I've heard these stories over and over and we have to trust that there is a divine timing for everything. And right That's now, all true. of us individually are working on a certain type of self-love and a certain type of Finding and discovering the power within, and that's that that book John was referring to, is that we are powerful creators, right? Yes, we can, absolutely. and working with Peruvian shaman and, and watching them literally calling in the thunder beams and yes. watching a clear yes. sky turn into storms so strong that it blew out, you know, a huge bonfire in one yes. swoop. So when you, you start knowing and knowing how connected and how much we can call on creator and, and different, like you said, non-human forces with, of nature, of, of creator, yes. right? Um, we can well, that's really, like doing, really that's like doing cloud busting too. Uh, you can sit exactly. out on a, on a pretty clear day where there's, you know, very few clouds in the sky with nice blue sky, sunshine, and pick a small cloud 
and direct your energy toward it and say, thank you for breaking up. I appreciate you breaking up and disappearing. I appreciate you going away. And keep directing that energy toward it and visualize it vanishing and going away. And you can make that cloud vanish. And you can do that over and over again. I've done it. I've seen other people do it. So we do have that interconnectedness. And I think, again, that goes back to those checks and balances of, okay, what do we do with that power? That works right then, but you're not going to be able to go to your boss and go, go away. I want you to vanish. I want you to go away. You know, So <laughs> wow. things have their context, sure. and there's those checks and balances in place. And we, we have to be aware that that spiritual power, even though it sounds far-fetched, is so real and can produce these things and can make life for us much better if we so choose and if we choose to send it in that direction and if we choose to try and do evil uh, there's checks and balances to keep us in place keep us you know from doing that sure there we go folks that's going to wrap it up for uh, tonight tonight's show we'll blast. do it again the last this, this was a fun one we'll do it again oh, yeah. the last fun. Wednesday of February how about John that sounds great the last last day of January I'm looking forward to it can't wait Oh, I said February, January, of course. Of yes, course. January. Okay. <laughs> You've been listening to the Ryan Lindsay Show. Visit RyanLindsayShow.com for more information. 